0: What up? What up? What up? Welcome to Hardcore Casual. My name is Wack Ops. How you doing, man? I loved this week. It was so much more relaxed than we had last week. I know I put you guys through quite a bit. Thank you for sticking with me. Those of you that decided to tune in this week, I promise it will be a hell of a lot more about the actual video games that we play, love, enjoy, eat, sleep, and breathe. So, without further ado let's go ahead and jump into it. In our headliners news, let's go ahead and start with the Games Con announcement. Now, this is going to be held on Wednesday, August 25th, at 11 a.m. Pacific time. It's going to be a two-hour presentation, and best believe I'm going to be tuning in for this one. I can't wait just to see some more games, new announcements. Quite frankly, as we'll get into a little later, Nintendo and Sony's holiday lineup has been so bare that at this point i'm starved for anything i'd love to talk more about game pass game pass game pass but outside of that i'd like to see a little bit more from the other two competitors in the space also we had this week back for blood the beta actually launches today the time of this recording um i know a lot of you guys went ahead and pre-ordered i will be playing when it comes to game pass um but I'm excited for this one. This was my number one in the four-person co-op zombie horde mode shooter genre that seems to be the dominant this year. Next, we also have updates for two popular Nintendo titles that, let's just say, a lot of people felt were a little bare as far as content is concerned. Uh, The first one is Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap is adding three new areas, 20 new Pokemon, including some first-gen favorites, Snorlax, Gyarados, and Psyduck along with 17 others. Mario Golf Super Rush is also adding some new content. I know this one for a lot of folks is a, a big deal only because that one especially felt like it was missing some characters and some some different courses and things like that. So you are getting a new course. Um, you are also getting Toadette as a character Which I know a lot of people are actually very excited for. Because who doesn't love Toadette? And you are also getting ranked play. So I hope all you hardcores out there. Who are (laughs) in the Mario Golf Super Rush space. Will be very excited to be able to play ranked play. Next we have a story on a game that I really have been meaning to play. I haven't had a chance to sink my teeth into. But... It has been considered a game of the year contender already by a lot of different spaces, the YouTube space and the podcast space and video games. So I'm excited to talk about Death's Door. Now, if you don't know about Death's Door, it was an indie darling that was shown off at E3 this last year. It's developed by Acid Nerve and it's published by Devolver Digital. I love Devolver Digital. It seems like they got some really cool folks over there and it actually hit hundred thousand sales in its first week, according to a tweet from Acid Nerve, and I'm really excited. Um, this I wouldn't consider this an indie game, but it's nice to see smaller development teams being able to produce these games that everybody seems to love and aren't this AAA hundred million dollar game. I'm excited to get into Death's Door, and if nothing else, it might not be a title for me. But if it's not, I do suggest you give it a try. It's only $20 on Xbox and on PC. One game I did get a chance to try out this week, though, was The Ascent. Now, The Ascent is on Game Pass. I believe it came out on the 29th or the 27th or something like that. The Ascent was developed by Neon Giant and published by Curve Digital. And it's an awesome twin-stick shooter, man. Like, honestly, a lot of twin-stick shooters can feel a little bullet hellish. And this one actually has just enough tactical gameplay that it's like chill but with a little challenge which was which was really nice and it, it helps especially because the aesthetic is beautiful i think um obviously the cyberpunk aesthetic has been popularized but i think the way they invested so much time energy and effort into the atmosphere um of the game more than just the look of it but the feel of it feel of you in the world Uh, I feel like it's a cyberpunk game, I actually somewhat get lost in it a little bit, but the thing that ruins that immersion, the thing that ruins all all the fun twin stick shooter light RPG elements, is the traversal. The traversal, there's no mini-map, there's a tier system, so there's a separate map for what level of the game world you're on. It's hard to know where you are, and I think that's a part of the allure because it's a little dungeony. I do like the game i'm gonna keep playing it but i think i'm reaching an inflection point where if in the next two to three hours i don't get some some real return on my investment return on investment it's on game pass but if i don't you know i will start looking past the aesthetic very soon uh in my playthrough but if you're a fan of twin stick shooters i do suggest you check it out and even if you're not play this game for like an hour and just fall in love with the world for a bit. And then you can put it down assuming you're a Game Pass subscriber. Otherwise, purchase the game and support Neon Giant because I think they do some good work. Next, let's get into the streets are talking segment. This is where we get into our rumors and our controversies and things of that nature. And I really only have one story for you this week. This week is all about the California Energy Commission's "quote unquote ban on gaming PCs." Now, I usually don't do a lot of stories on PC gaming because I am not personally a PC gamer. I have a laptop that can theoretically play video play video games, but that's not really what I use it for. I use it for work. But if you are a PC gamer, I do want to make sure that you're respected in this space as well. So let's crack into it. This week, a lot, or this week and last week. There have been a lot of different articles suggesting that California is banning all gaming PCs or a large majority of high-powered gaming PCs. I will just let you know that this has been very, very clickbaity. And no, it is not nearly as severe or overreaching as you might think. Yes, this is about about the environment, but no one is necessarily singling out PC gamers. They are just trying to find all the power inefficient computers and other appliances. So it's not just PCs. It's like your dishwasher and your washing machine and like a bunch of random stuff. They're, they're regulating a bunch of things specifically for the environment. Now, this is a law that is going to take place in six different states other than California, Washington, Oregon, Vermont, Hawaii, and Colorado. If you want more information on this, if you're actually into the whole specs and you want to figure out if your computer is eligible or a computer you're looking to buy fits under this law, please check out Jay's two cents. I think he did a great video just wrapping up kind of layman terms you know what i mean he he put things together in a way that was understandable for me Um, and then of course there's gamers nexus who personally i think went really hard and i appreciate it because he put things in context and let me know just how how salacious a lot of these other publications have been uh regarding this this head these headlines so short version is this no it's not just about all high performance pc gaming it is literally targeting inefficient computers quote when not in active mode so if your computer is just drawing a huge amount of power on sleep mode yeah that's not really helping you or helping anybody else and at the end of the day who is this going to affect it's not going to affect any of you DIYers wires if you build your own or you're a real pc buff don't you worry they're not regulating any specific parts to the computer no computer components are going to be regulated specifically i don't even know how they would do that though i will say monitor regulation is probably coming at the end of the day this is going to affect pre-build buyers so if you're somebody probably someone closer to me you know what i mean who who isn't gonna build their own pc but they do want the ability to participate in pc gaming Um, without being an enthusiast or a hobbyist necessarily, then this is probably going to affect you quite a bit if you live in one of these six states. And you have a couple of options. One, look at other computers that aren't as power inefficient. And two, you can also have somebody bounce ship the item to you. People do it all the time. It's a pain, but you got to do what you got to do if that's the only thing in your price range. But do know there is a reason for that. And it has to do with it being inefficient. And you probably do not want an inefficient device that plugs in and draws power that you power that you have to pay for. But how is this going to affect the market? Prices are likely to increase. Why is that? Because environmental stewardship is not a great monetary investment. A lot of companies do not want to invest in sustainability practices. And so they're going to push that cost onto the consumer you and me so depending on how they've prepared for this it should be fine but I think some of the smaller manufacturers or some of those alienware and things like that might have a couple of computers that really rub up against that line because they might cheap out on a power supply so just be aware when you're looking for pre-build if you're out there coming up in December we're probably going to revisit this story because they're going to be regulating monitors a high refresh rate monitor specifically so that's enough on that (laughs) let me stop before i say something very incorrect because again i am not a pc builder i don't claim to be i'm not a pc gamer yet and blame the chip shortage as to why i'm not let's move on into uh some movie and tv news first things first uh let's get into the movie and tv releases for this month so At Disney, we have Monsters at Work. That's going to be continuing on Wednesdays. We have fans of that in my household. Uh, What If is going to be premiering next Wednesday, August 11th. Very excited for that. And then those of you that missed Cruella, I know I did. I'm excited to watch it. That's going to be coming out for free or with your subscription on August 27th. Apple TV, of course, has Ted Lasso. I know everybody's been very excited about that. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what it is. Honestly, at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. But, you know, I might check it out. I have an Apple TV subscription somewhere, I'm sure. Next, we have Netflix. Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild. That is an animated movie. That's going to be coming out August 12th for all you Monster Hunter fans. You guys get some more content. And then we have The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, August 23rd. For those of you who have been starved for more Witcher content, I don't know how. And then lastly, we have Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed coming out on August 25th. I am hyped for this because we have a lot of Bob Ross fans in my immediate circle, a lot of artists in my camp So uh, as soon as they heard the title, they're like, I'm in. I don't even even need a description. So for those of you who are fans of art and salacious documentaries, please check that one out. That's coming out again on August 25th. And then we have on HBO Max, Titans Season 3. That's August 12th. And of course, today, right now, as you're listening to this, you can go watch Suicide Squad. That's exactly what I'm going to do after the show. Just know that. Go watch Suicide Squad. Go support this movie because I honestly think it might be the best DC movie yet to come out. I'm hoping and praying that that's the case. Next, let's get into the real. This is more television and movie news. First things first, whatever you're doing, if if you haven't seen the new Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer, you need to get up and go do that. That is probably the best thing you could do with your time right now, other than listening to this podcast very very cool i can't wait to see woody harrelson do his thing mostly because i'm not quite sure how it's gonna mesh but i did i felt the same way about um venom so we'll see i can't wait to see what they do with the character and hopefully they do too much honestly because i feel like carnage is the kind of character both venom and carnage are the kind of characters where you have to go way above and not you can't undercut it can't undersell it and then we also have another story. Zola Mariduena was cast as Blue Beetle this week. Now, you might know Chola's role in Cobra Kai. I'm very excited for this because I think it's been way too long. We've waited for a Latinx superhero film. This is going to be the first Latinx standalone superhero film, period. I'm, I'm super pumped. I, I can't wait for this young man to get this opportunity. And I really hope this takes off in a way That can create opportunities for more Latinx people within the space. Within comic books. Because there are plenty of Latinx comic book heroes. This is of course a DC hero if you were unaware. And this is going to be on HBO Max. Now let's go ahead and get into the real movie news that came out this week. I'm going to try and walk you through some of it. Because it is a bit sticky. Of course, I'm talking about Scarlett Johansson and her suing of the House of Mouse Disney. I got pumped when I saw this, and I, I, I shouldn't, but I think if you're a fan of just, I guess, the entertainment business for a long enough time, these kinds of disputes get you excited because so much of this stuff happens behind closed doors. Before I get into it, I do want to shout out a couple of different publications as well as E-Man's movie reviews, mostly because I did not do all this by myself. And I like to shout out not only my sources, but people who I think had wonderful deep dives that I don't have the time to totally sink my my teeth into because I cover so many different topics. So please check out E-Man's movie reviews. He did a wonderful two-part video series on this specific topic, and I'm gonna guess that he has more coming down the pike, but this story is developing in real time. This is being recorded again on Thursday the 5th. I also want to shout out Screen Rant and The Hollywood Reporter. They did some great reporting on this story, getting all the juicy little details that I'm about to share with you. So, let's just get into it. Basically, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney because they released black widow on disney plus simultaneously as the movie in theaters and it is said that costs scarlett johansson roughly 50 million dollars that's a lot of dollars obviously her salary being tied to the box office performance you know after this surfaces after she goes public with the lawsuit disney fires back saying oh scarlett johansson how could you be so heartless you know we're going through a pandemic we're trying to give people you know movies and quite frankly they outed her you know uh saying look we already paid you 20 million dollars look making her look greedy essentially you know what i mean we already paid you 20 million dollars and we gave you an opportunity to pay you on the back end from the disney plus subscribers so if that's the case you know what i mean they're basically trying to flip the script on her and make her look bad in the press when at the end of the day I don't think anybody thinks that Disney star for cat they're strapped for cash. I don't think anybody thinks that Disney can't pay out. Especially no offense with the whole like women being paid equally in Hollywood stuff. Like let's not get into how much everybody's getting paid. Because I bet that's when that comes out in the wash it's not going to be good. I will concede this Black Widow was the first film that we're watching from a character that we know is already dead. Spoiler alert, if you didn't already know. So, that really affected the box office as well. But Scarlett Johansson had so much working against her. There is an adjustment in expectations that had to be made on Scarlett Johansson's part. But if, if we're talking about what's fair, not what's in the contract necessarily, but what's fair yeah she has a good point but let me not deviate too far from the story now after disney fired back with its statement kevin feige apparently came out or excuse me reporting came out that kevin feige was apparently embarrassed and angry about this situation you know I, apparently you know he's a company man but he also fights for his people his people being talent Honestly, it's commendable, but he's going up against, you know, Disney, bro. The House of Mouse, dog. Like, that's no joke. So I don't know how hard he fought, but angry and embarrassed is relative to what he's willing to do about it. Now, here's some context just for the for what us all to know why this is happening, but also why Scarlett Johansson's case might be a little... A little weaker than maybe we'd like it to be assuming you're rooting for scarlett johansson if you think she's greedy that's totally up to up to you that's your opinion i personally think fight for your money get your bread especially in hollywood it's treacherous out there but black widow the film suffered an 80 percent drop after the first week that is the worst drop for marvel period since they've been producing movies so that is a that's tough to live with but in its first week it made 80 million box office and 60 million streaming, almost to even split. Now, when I look at those numbers, I say maybe if she made 100 million dollars in her first week, her bonus would have kicked in and she would have made an extra 50 million dollars. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know how those numbers work, but I would guess that if that 60 million was to add up with the box office, and it was just all box office, $140 million in the box office, she would have hit that bonus. That's probably what she's mad about, that specific statistic. You also have to think about that on streaming. You get multiple views. I pay the 30 one time, that's it. But if you pay for theaters, I want to go see that movie twice, three times, four times. I'm paying Disney one time, two times, three times, four times. You know what I mean? Straight like that. So... I get it. It's tough. It's a tough situation. And honestly, with the Delta virus popping off right literally like right as Black Widow was coming out, 2 months ago we didn't know it was going to be this bad and everybody was like, "Oh, Black Widow's going to be the first big release. We're all going to go to the theaters and it's going to be like a coming out party." And then the Delta virus snuck up and I don't think that had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? When when Disney released on Disney Plus that all that money goes straight to their pocket, because they don't have deals in place with any of these Marvel actors, I assume, most of them. I, I assume they don't have contracts with uh, post-COVID, and if they do, it's probably not to the same extent that the films would be, because Disney Plus is seen as a smaller platform, so you get a smaller piece of the pie. But Disney's pocketing a higher percentage of that cash, I assume also see HBO and WB's restructuring at the beginning of pandemic with different actors and actresses. Um, I believe Gal Gadot actually was about to sue uh, WB, but ended up restructuring her contract because of Wonder Woman coming out on HBO Max at the same time as it did in theaters. Or instead of theaters, because I, I believe theaters were closed in December. So the contract didn't say explicitly at least to my knowledge, did not say explicitly it was going to be an exclusive theatrical release, and I think that's where the problem lies for for Scarlett Johansson is that if we're going by the contract, I don't know how much of a case she has because it Disney never had never said we're only going to release in theaters, and just because she couldn't anticipate that. pandemic was gonna happen and everybody was gonna be inside and everybody was gonna watch her movie first day in the house it really hits hard for movie theaters you know this really killed movie theaters a lot what disney did especially because you think about disney having i don't know like six of the top 10 best-selling box office movies of the last like five years like every year the top 10 it's like most of that is disney that's crazy. You know what I mean? So they pull out, that's like Coca-Cola pulling out of of your supermarket or something. Like it's cra- it's a big deal. What makes this whole story interesting to me, honestly, is the fact that most of these disputes, like I said at the at the beginning, are often handled and settled in arbitration. And I that's still a possibility, not the arbitration part, but it's it's possible this still settles and we don't get more information from this case, but No matter what, this case is going to have a huge impact on how contracts are structured for actors and directors and staff moving forward. Outside of Emma Stone considering suing and Gerard Butler suing, you also have to think about the fact that most of the people who work on these films are not actors, are not directors, not people whose name you know. They're boom operators, they're makeup artists, they're costume directors, they're, they're all these other people who work, who are also artists, who also are working all these long days, are not making $20 million. So you have to think about that when you're talking about this situation because Scarlett Johansson is, whether you like it or not, setting a precedent for the industry moving forward in terms of their relationship between streaming, box office, and the work that they put in. Honestly, I would like to see how this affects movie budgets going forward. Because I think movie budgets are going to get smaller. And I think these platform holders know that. They're trying to squeeze these money movie budgets to be smaller and smaller and smaller. But I don't think theaters are going to go away because you're still going to have the $100 million film. You're still going to have a James Cameron. You know what I mean? You're still going to have whoever making these ostentatious, crazy, big-budget films. But I think the theater is only going to be that. I think pretty soon we're going to see theaters that are only showing two movies at a time. Straight up. And everything else is just streaming at home. So, I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think. Please send me an email or hit me on Twitter about what you guys think about this situation. Who do you think is in the right? Who do you think is going to win this case? Personally, I think Disney is going to walk away with it because they're a publicly traded company. And they have the best access to the best lawyers. But who knows man if if there's enough wind in her sails man i think scarlett johansson might walk away with one we're gonna go ahead and take a break here uh when we come back we're gonna go ahead and jump into the platform wars a whole lot of sony news this week we're also going to talk about that halo infinite tech preview Wow, did that look good uh and then we're gonna give you a short little trigger warning topic this week just a quick update on the last week's trigger warning topic And then we're gonna go ahead and get out of here so thank you very much we're gonna be right back and we'll see you to talk about more video game news all right welcome back how's everybody doing let's go ahead and jump into this platform wars topic of this week we're only going to be talking about the major two, that's PlayStation, that's Xbox. Let's get into it. Okay, so let's talk about Sony's announcement of beta firmware for expandable storage compatible with the PS5. What does that mean? Basically, Sony has just announced that they are putting out an update for PS5s in beta to be able to add storage, as in the amount of games you can fit on your PlayStation right now. Some people are already getting signed up for this beta. This also came alongside Seagate announcing that they have expandable storage that is compatible with the PS5, which is really the bulk of the story today. I don't know much about firmware, but basically they're doing—they're going to be doing the test run for this now, and they're announcing different products that are in fact compatible with this because not all drives are going to be compatible. So I'm going to read you a little bit of the specs. That you need to know to be able to get what you need. So, first things first, the thing that got announced, uh, or the company that announced first was Seagate. They came out with the Fire CUDA 530, NVMe, M.2, PCIe, Gen 4 SSD with heatsink. God, that is a mouthful. What does this really mean? There's a couple of Requirements. I mean, honestly, a couple is <laughs> playing it really short. There's a huge list of requirements that are required for anybody to be able to just plug and play any SSD in order uh, into the PS5. But the main ones you gotta know is it's gotta be a P- uh, PCIe Gen 4 NVMe drive. It's gotta be at least 5500 megabytes read and write speed, ideally faster. And it's got to have a heat sink attached. It must have a heat sink attached that is shorter than 11.25 millimeters. If that's a lot of math for you, then I suggest you wait and you look at some smart people who are going to be doing this stuff. I'm sure Spawn Wave is going to be doing it. I'm sure that Review Tech is going to be doing it. I'm sure that Linus Tech Tips and all the different tech YouTube spaces are going to be doing it. Please be careful. Please consult somebody if you don't feel comfortable because honestly, it's not the installation that I'm worried about so much as it's the purchase. When I get into these prices, you're going to understand what I mean. So yes, be careful. Do your research and do not cheap out. Please do not buy an SSD without a heatsink. If you buy a drive without a heatsink, you're gonna potentially harm your PS5. You can fry the insides because a heat sink dissipates heat. It will cook the inside of your PS5, and you'll be out not only the however much extra you pay to scalper to go get your PS5, but you're also gonna be paying anywhere from $170 to $1,000 for this SSD that you install yourself on this PS5. So it's gonna be anywhere from $170. Now, that's for 500 gigabytes to $1,000 for a 4-terabyte model, and that is specifically the Seagate FireCuda that I'm talking about. Um, There are going to be other compatible drives. There are probably going to be cheaper drives, but don't go to the Walmart bargain bin for your your SSD, please, okay? Please do your research. Please find out first. Do not be the first uh, person in the pool on this one if this was me two or three years ago i i wouldn't even touch it i think this was the most ridiculous thing in the world that i have to go do all this research and go hunt something down and break into my ps5 potentially harm it not know what i'm doing and if i break my ps5 that's all on me they don't have any policy saying oh if you install this wrong we'll send you a new one but i'm sure it's easy enough Honestly, the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, well, Xbox kind of had a point having just one thing proprietary. You buy straight from them. It's not hella fancy. There's not going to be a bunch of um, flexibility on that front. But who knows? Maybe this gets the consumer base a little more educated about the, the system that they're using and all the different components. And there will be a little... A little less ubiquity amongst the consoles and a little bit more you know we can play with them more they, they'll give us access to a community in the pc community that can only get bigger and stronger because of things like this because i think once you're able to install an ssd i mean you're only a hop skip and a jump away from building your own it's not as if building your own PC is necessarily so hard so much as it is understanding all the BIOS and the software that goes along with it. I think the hardware is a lot easier to understand. But that's enough of my tangent. Let's get into the next thing. Coming up from Sony, it is, of course, the Horizon Forbidden West delay. Uh, now, this was originally reported out by VGC, Jeff Grubb, uh, on the Games Beat podcast. Uh, and then later corroborated by um, uh, Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. So, yeah, it looks like Horizon Forbidden West is in fact getting delayed to 2022. So, one, 2022 is going to be a fire year <laughs> for PlayStation 5 owners. But, uh, yeah, we don't have a date yet, man. We don't have a date yet. And that that's tough. That's tough. I think for a lot of people, they're kind of wondering what they bought... A- PS five for right now. I mean, outside of Ratchet and Clank, like, don't get me wrong. I think the PS five is arguably the better machine of the two this generation, but it's not offering me any incentive for it to have a long tail. Like, if I did buy this on a, on a whim, if this is my let's just say this, if the PS five is my first console ever maybe i'm a little disappointed the xbox isn't particularly impressive but between you know the quick resume and the you know the smart uh uh download and all, all these different little quality of life functions i think microsoft has nailed i guess like the user experience aspects of this even discounting game pass but yeah game pass is doing a lot of heavy lifting on that side I guess my overall point is, is, like, what is Sony's holiday lineup? You know what I mean? If we really go through it, man, like, there's not a lot there now. All of a sudden, it looks bare. All of a sudden, putting things in perspective, we're starting to really feel the effects of that pandemic. You know what I mean? And I'm sure on the Nintendo side, too, that's why their holiday lineup looks... I mean, it looks good, don't get me wrong, but I don't see a mainstay title. I don't see a big, heavy, oh, God, I have to have it title from them. So if we're looking at the four games, I mean, there's more, but let's be honest. There's like four games coming out this holiday season, quote unquote holiday season for Sony, really this fall. So on September 14th, we get Deathloop. Dope. Excited for it. Looks good. Definitely going to pick it up if I had a PS5. Uh, You get Kenna Bridge of Spirits or Kena Bridge of Spirits. Uh, that's coming out, that was just delayed last week, I told you about last week, to September 21st, and we have two director's cuts, one in Ghost of Tsushima, that's coming out this month on the 20th, and Death Stranding director's cut coming out on September 24th. If you notice something, three of those come, come out within 10 days of each other. So if you have a PS5, you're going to have a hell of a September, but... Even if you buy all three of those games. If you're a power user. You're not getting through those. Or maybe. Honestly. All three of those games might not appeal to you. Or all four of these games might not appeal to you. I'm sure one of them does. But if you told me I spent more than $500 on a PS5. And I only had two games to play on it. The first year it came out. I'd be pretty upset. Straight up. But I will you know, I'll back off because at the end of the day, this is about Horizon Forbidden West. I'm excited about the game. Take your time with the game. As always, as we all say, you know what I mean? Take your time. Do not rush it out. Do not give me no buggy mess. And I think if Sony continues to do that, there shouldn't be a problem. There shouldn't be a problem. And then our last story for the Sony section of the day, it is the PS5 stock and signs that we might actually be able to buy some PS5 soon. Uh now this comes from Twinfinite. Um specifically it's an earnings call webcast that had the Sony CFO Hiroki Totoki talking about different aspects of the semiconductor situation over there. Quote, asked about the ongoing se- semiconductor shortage. Totoki-san mentioned that the target of PS5 units to be shipped this year has been set, and Sony has secured the number of chipsets necessary to achieve that target. Earlier in the call, Totoki san confirmed that the target for the fiscal year is above 14.8 million, which would bring the console to above 22.6 million units shipped in total since its release. Okay, First of all, those are some big numbers, dog. Second, it seems like Sony's going to try and beat their record from PS1 first year sales, which I believe was somewhere around 22 million, 21 million, something like that. So, if that's the case, honestly, I'm very excited. I I would like to see this this narrative around you know, the reseller market and eBay. I want to stop talking about that. I just want to start talking about the games, the consoles, the 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 communities that it's actually about. I feel like we're all like grounded. You know what I mean? I feel like the gaming community is, is grounded very much. Like we're stuck in our bedroom and we're not allowed to like do what we want or go outside because of this COVID situation, both literally and metaphorically. But it's good. I'm glad that Sony has some confidence that they'll be able to fulfill the demand because, at the end of the day, if we can, if I see a PS5 in stores, bro, I don't know, man. I might just pull the trigger on that one. I'm not going to lie. I might just do it just because, just because I can. And I, I think we've all been starved for not only a next gen experience, but it's deeper than that. It's just all of us being able to participate in something that we're excited about. And I think the hope of that being available to us this year, this season, despite all the all the smack that I just talked about Horizon and you know, having to install your own SSD. I can get over that. Let me have access to the system. For those people who do have a PS5, I'm sure they're frustrated with the SSD situation and Horizon being delayed, but I I mean, yeah, I'm upset, but come on, bro. Like, I can't even get my hands on the console. And I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. Honestly, I'm excited for Sony and their future. Honestly, I'm I'm more excited for 2022. And I think, I'm just, I think Microsoft kind of has this year in the bag if they can avoid thoroughly, uh, you know, dropping dropping the ball at the one yard line. Because I don't see Nintendo or Sony with any kind of beefy lineup the way that microsoft does case in point in our next story halo infinite and its tech preview this weekend or last weekend for that matter i was not in the tech preview because i'm not in the halo insiders program but i'm sure like a lot of you i went out and watched every video i could about every inch and detail of the halo infinite multiplayer that's about to come out this is going to be free to play on top of that so i'm hype honestly i'm i'm super hype because from what i heard yes they modernized old school halo so it's not gonna be a twitch shooter which i'll be honest is a little bit more my forte but i'm so happy that the halo community might have some good food to eat for once because they've been starved since 2012 almost 10 years bro Halo, Halo, the franchise, that means there are kids out there who literally don't understand why people even talk about Halo, straight up, they're like, I don't get it, my whole life, Halo sucked, (laughs) maybe not sucked, maybe that's, maybe that's strong, but for real, you ask some people out there, bro, that Halo 4 and 5 were disappointing, you know, if I'm being nice, so, At the end of the day, I'm excited to see how the community receives this. And more than that, I'm excited to get my hands on it because I'm definitely going to be playing at least the multiplayer. And we'll see. Maybe if I really like the multiplayer, you know, I can ping pong around some of the older titles and see if I find myself wanting to play the next Halo mainstay single player experience. I, I can't wait. Oh, one quick note, though. If you are out there and you're, you're excited about Halo, especially the single-player play, single experience, please watch out. There was a data mine that happened that basically when they pushed out the tech preview, data miners were allowed to see some spoilers, um, some potential endgame spoilers. So if you frequent Reddit or ooh, 4chan, be careful on different forums and things like that, man, just because uh, there are definitely spoilers out there for Halo, uh, starting now I wish that there weren't because we don't have a release date yet but I'll take it hopefully that means that we can get a release date soon hopefully that will put some pressure on them to put out their marketing material anyway the next story and our last one for Microsoft is Phil Spencer and he was talking uh, talking about specifically Elder Scrolls won't be coming out before Avowed. Now, this is on IGN's Unlocked podcast. I'm going to read you a quote from him. He was asked when talking about previous announced games in development that we haven't really talked in a while. Specifically, he was talking about fantasy RPGs and things of that nature. Quote, I think about our lineup, and I think about that more core fantasy RPG setting. I think Avowed is going to be an awesome entrance there. You know, Fable's never been that. Fable's always been a little more lighthearted and a little more British. And I think Playground will keep it there. And Elder Scrolls Six is further out. And when it comes out, I think it'll be incredible. So essentially, you know, obviously this was basically his opportunity to just advertise the games that they're working on and be able to kind of pump up and get people excited for different projects that they're coming out with. It's nice to get a loose timeline of things, but I know a lot of people who are hoping that the Elder Scrolls 6 were coming out soon because every year, what do we get? We get GTA 6, we get Elder Scrolls 6, we get the same couple of games that people think are coming out, but are miles away. Half-Life 3. (laughs) So we're just gonna have to hold our breath a while longer. Honestly, I, I would suggest, forget about Elder Scrolls for like a year stop thinking about it so much and before you know it you'll have a couple of different games to hold you over if you like western rpgs i think xbox obviously has made a huge play to gather up everything in that market so that's where you go quite frankly like there's plenty of rpgs coming out all the time so don't hold your breath just wait on it i'm sure uncle phil will have something for you soon Let's get into our little trigger warning topic of the week. I don't even really want to call it that because it's pretty light. I'm going to run through it real fast, but it is an update from last week. This is a content warning, though, for anybody who is triggered by harassment and assault and things of that nature. I'm not going to be talking about them specifically, but that is what I'm talking about. Activision, Blizzard, in this lawsuit. So, first things first, I do want to let you know... Explicitly, the employees and the organizers have not asked for a boycott. If you want a boycott because you're sickened and you just can't play their games anymore, and every time you pick up the sticks on Call of Duty or whatever, you, you know, you think about this stuff, fine, totally. I understand. Don't play. I'm not telling you, you have to play a game. But when boycotting this game, you got to understand that. The people who are affected by these allegations, you know what I mean, are or the victims of the people who are, are accused of these allegations, right, do want to work here, do love working on the games. That is the good part of their job. They just want to do it without being harassed and assaulted. So they're not asking for a boycott, so I'm not going to actively boycott the games. They did leave a bad taste in my mouth. I did research which games they make same as you same with ubisoft i research the games they make and i'm ready to pull that trigger anytime i i anytime they're ready to let me know that they're ready to boycott let's do it but until then you know definitely look out for the abk workers alliance for guidance they are a group that was formed by blizzard employees over the last week um, and they signed an open letter criticizing the hiring of wilmer hale uh, by uh, And they sent this letter to CEO Bobby Kotick. Now, who is Wilmer Hale? Wilmer Hale is the law firm that Activision Blizzard just hired to help them fight these sexual assault allegations. They are known specifically as a union-busting firm. They don't advertise that way. No, but this is the firm that was hired by Amazon to do what? Bust up the unions. And what is this but somewhat of a union based uh operation or this is how unions kind of come into shape is a company makes a big no-no and all the workers decide to organize that's essentially what a union is as an organization of workers we also had the departure of two major executives from Blizzard that is president J Allen Brack and head of HR Jesse meschick so there are some heads rolling that's cool you know what I mean but Let's see if there's some systemic changes happening. I, I'm curious how if, if this will have any major cultural change at the company, but obviously there's a lot of work to do, and uh, this might not be the only ditch they dig for these executives coming up. Now, they also had an investor call, which... I'm not gonna to touch base on too much, but basically Blizzard was like, Yeah, we're facing this stuff, but it's not harming productivity. You'll have your money to the investors. So the investors actually filed a lawsuit, coincidentally, because they were not informed of these allegations. And, you know, you read the language of this lawsuit and it's pretty heavy handed, you would think that you would think that it's not all about the stock price, this investor lawsuit, but it's stated that they uh, suffered damages, so that's why they're suing. That's a quick update on just some of the more adult aspects of it. You know what I mean? The businessy news of it. But there is organization happening, and I do suggest please go support the ABK Workers Alliance. Again, it's formed by Blizzard employees, and if they're going to be able to fight this off, they're going to have to organize, and they're going to have to have backing. Do not be quiet about this story. Keep shouting it from the rooftops. If this is something you want to stop, you're going to have to say something. And if you see any of this behavior in your circles, please don't stand there and be a bystander and just be another another person who allows this, this type of stuff to happen in the workplace or anywhere, really. And one last thing, I want to just shout out a couple of women who I think are doing good work in this space. Check out Alana Pierce. She has a podcast, a YouTube channel. She's a writer. She's working, I believe, on in-games as a games writer now, but she's also been a journalist before. Please go check out her different channels. I love her work. I love her perspective on stuff. And Play, Watch, Listen is one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis. So shout out to her. We also have Janet Garcia. Uh, She is on Twitch, but she is also a contributor to the MinMax show and a couple of different other podcasts, but she also does a lot of different charity stuff in the community and is always speaking her mind, speaking out. She's honestly one of my favorite creators out in the space today. And then we have Marie De La over at gamesindustry.biz, always doing great work and she's done a lot of heavy lifting on this story in particular. I love gamesindustry.biz and the work that they do. Uh, she's a regular contributor to their podcast, which I'm a regular listener of. Uh, so do check them out support them now you have no excuse saying you don't know where there's women in the space there they are <laughs> now with that all wrapped up we're reaching for uh, about time here so i do want to just say goodbye and just let you know that you can holla at me at my gmail that's whackops at or you can find me on twitter w-h-a-c-k-o-p-z that's on twitter and whackops@gmail. at gmail subscribe share like comment oh one last thing we're now on amazon and apple podcast so now you can review the show and i need every single one of y'all to go ahead and review this show give us five stars tell them it's the best show ever and everybody should listen to it if you're not going to share it with your friends if you don't have no friends the very least you can do is review so I appreciate all the help that y'all provided me, I appreciate every single supporter that we have, that's no bullshit, I fuck with y'all, thank you. I'm leaving y'all with a shout out of the week, of course, I always do, and what is it this week? We're celebrating because Rihanna is a billionaire, what? Rihanna is a billionaire, say it twice, okay, so according to Forbes, I'm gonna read you a quote from Forbes because, quite frankly, I, I, I don't think I could've said it better, but Man, just listen to this. And remember, they are talking about Rihanna, a strong black woman in the business space. She's not just singing. She's not just getting her money. She's making her name known and kicking the door in. So, quote, Rihanna is now worth $1.7 billion, Forbes estimates, making her the wealthiest female musician in the world, second only to Oprah Winfrey as the richest female entertainer. But it's not her music that's made her so wealthy. The bulk of her fortune, an estimated $1.4 billion, comes from the value of Fenty Beauty, of which Forbes can now confirm she owns 50% of. Much of the rest lies in her stake in her lingerie company, Savage by Fenty, worth an estimated $270 million, and her earnings from her career as a chart topping musician and actress. Basically what they're saying is she can dribble with both hands. I I love it. She's second only to Oprah on the billionaire list for richest female entertainer and let's start knocking away some of those qualifiers. I can't wait till she's the richest female and then I can't wait till she's the richest person. I hope everything for Rihanna. Keep pushing, keep carrying the ball down the line for all of us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your hard work. And shout out to all the women who are making their way on the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange and making these billions of dollars. That is the kind of change that might actually make an impact in some of these businesses that we're seeing over in the gaming space. I can't wait till gaming has its first female billionaire. Now that that is going to be some change that I can't wait to see but in the meantime we're going to keep celebrating Rihanna I'm going to get up out of here I'm going to go watch that new Suicide Squad I don't know what you're doing but you're 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 messing up if you ain't going to go see that right now without further ado I love y'all thank you so much I am Wack Ops this is Hardcore Casual have fun be cool and stay dangerous